Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. And welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard games. Uh, I'm your host, Matthew Rossi, and with me this week are two probably pretty tired co-hosts. Uh, first up, we're going to introduce him first because he had the longer flight in that the end didn't fly. Uh, Alex Zemart, editor-in-chief of Blizzard Watch. How you doing, Alex? Uh, I am tired. Um, I did have the longer flight, but I think Anne had the longer total travel time. But that's okay. Yes. Uh, I just want to apologize for us not doing our second podcast at BlizzCon. Uh, that Saturday, Adam sent me a message, and he was like, hey, can you guys uh, do the podcast at 7 p.m. Pacific? And I looked at the clock, and it was 5.30 Pacific, and we hadn't done half of the things we needed to do yet that day, and we hadn't eaten anything all day. So I was like, uh, it's not likely we can do that. So here we are on, what, what is today, Tuesday, Wednesday? What's today? It's Wednesday. Today has Wednesday. Been Wednesday. Good yes. God. Yeah. Wednesday night, here's our podcast. Hi. Uh, also with us this week, um, as she is every week, and she she actually drove across the desert in a car that I think has a name. You named your car, right? My car has a couple of names. So They're all really embarrassing. They are <laughs> embarrassing? Wow, Alex, you know, she let you talk. Boo-boo is not an embarrassing name for a Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, any stories you want to share from your road trip before Alex... I don't know if it tells you they're embarrassing. I don't know what that was, Alex. <laughs> she said those names at BlizzCon, and I was just like, ugh. You don't even have a car. <laughs> you don't That's understand true. the bond that goes on. When something's wrong with my car, I call it boo-boo. Or when it does something really good, I call it boo-boo. Either that or sometimes I call it Klingon names because it has ridges. Which is worse. Like worse. a Klingon's forehead. Shut up. <laughs> All right, then. I think it basically since BlizzCon, I don't know if anybody on this podcast has gotten more than like two hours of sleep a night. No. So, so uh, we're just okay. gonna press onward as, oh. as best we can. Okay. Oh, you had something else to say? No, well, please do. I was do. gonna say the only interesting thing about the road trip was like on my way to California, I I stopped in St. George, Utah, right? Because that's like the halfway point. So on my way to Anaheim, I left St. George and then drove through a wall of water to get to Las Vegas, which was highly unusual because it doesn't usually, I mean, we're talking like torrential rain. Like I had the windshield wipers on high speed and I could still only see like 12 feet in front of me. It was pretty crazy. And I actually arrived in California with my car cleaner than it was when I left. Wow. That never happens. So then when I was driving back, 
clear skies all the way to St. George. That was great. And then I left St. George and went to go through the mountains. And snow. I, I drove through. It was either blizzards or rainstorms the entire way back. So, yeah, I guess weather just wasn't really my friend so much this time around on this road trip. Go figure. I, I It's been like literally winter here like for the past month because we went straight from like, hey, you can have a, you can have literally two days of autumn and now negative six. I went from really nice Anaheim sunny weather to the high today was 42 degrees. Help me. Yeah. I'm cold. <laughs> Definitely don't ever move up here because they, they've just no. decided they don't like they don't like seasons up here. We're going to just have winter, <laughs> summer and the mud period. <laughs> the mud mud yeah. is a season out there <laughs> yeah mud is definitely a season in, in Edmond. all right um first up we, we do have a lot to talk about but we're going to try and get through some emails because you know we haven't didn't do any over the uh the blizzcon podcast and we do want to keep doing that so uh, if you have an email please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com we love getting emails we love talking about emails we love you know going off on massive tangents about emails uh, so yeah, we definitely would appreciate any emails you want to send us. Uh, first email is from Shad, uh, Hygel US, Prop Pally. You confused Anne there for a second. And that's because you're one letter off. I thought it was Shade, but it's not Shade. Yeah. Instead, it's Shad, which was also kind of funny because Alex yeah. hates the name Chad, and that's like one letter away from that too. Yeah. So basically, you're a big confluence. We were quite quite thrown off by the email. But also, I am really tough. Um, I won't comment on Chad anymore because some people got legitimately angry that I don't like Chads. I'm okay. sorry, Chad. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, congratulations on your success with Blizzard Watch. I'm a proud supporter through Patreon, and it's mostly is money well spent every month. Thank you. Uh, number one, would you please review what we de- definitively know about the new wardrobe system? What can we vendor and get back when wardrobe when wardrobe is released? Yes, it's wardrobe, Matt. Uh, specifically, will items bought on the AH or crafted be given back? Also, could I delete my Tabard and get them back? I assume the only safe plan is to hang in there and not delete anything until wardrobe is released, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I started playing during Kata, so I don't have a reference point for pre-launch events. I wasn't impressed with Mists or Warlords. What are you expecting in terms of how it will impact my gameplay? Personally, I wish the Legion would blow everything up and turn the major cities to shells of their, themselves. We could all do with a little struggling in-game. Thanks, Shad. Um, Anne, do you want to go on the transmog thing? The transmog thing, here's what we know about the transmog thing. The stuff that you're going to automatically learn when the wardrobe system goes live is quest reward items. It's not like crafted stuff or stuff that you just bought on the auction house. It's stuff that you get when you have to pick a reward from a quest. And from what we were told, any quest that you have completed in-game, you will get the rewards for those quests. It'll it'll auto-pop because they have a way of tracking that. Um, People have been asking whether or not that includes the free cataclysm revamp quests. I believe it does. Um, I, I was told that since those quests, they aren't, they haven't been like deleted from the system or anything. They're just kind of like marked as depreciated or whatever. So there's still records of it. But I don't, you know, I since we didn't get like a 100% definitive, that was just something somebody told me. I would say if you're going to delete anything right now, if you want to clear out your bank right now, stick with the stuff that's just like post cataclysm revamp quests only. So anything that you got through 
leveling in those vanilla zones after the Cata revamp, yeah, you could go ahead and chuck that if you want, and you should theoretically get that when the wardrobe goes live. Um, anything, if you have anything in there that's pre-Cataclysm revamp, like, I'm going to be hanging on to my um, Dungeon Point Five set just in case. Supposedly it should go in, but we don't know. So yeah, you want to you want to take it easy just in case. I mean, I'm yeah, looking I'm, forward to get my dreadnought back if I can. But yeah, I don't I'm know personally sure. not prepared to throw anything away until the system actually shows up and I see what's in it. And only when I see I have something in the wardrobe will I even consider throwing it away. Yeah. yeah. Also, one thing we know based on a tweet today, um, in, in new system you still have to be able to equip an item to use its appearance for yeah. transmog. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't unlock it. We still don't know if your mage gets a plate drop. Is it unlocked for your death knight? We don't know yet. No one has definitively that answered I'm, that. That I'm not sure on. But when they said that, well, when they said that it would unlock all quest rewards, even the ones that you didn't pick. Yeah, that's this. This is the stuff where I'm not comfortable making a statement because I don't quite understand what they mean. That was the details on that were kind of fuzzy. But since this is an account-wide system. I would assume that if you get, you, you can't borrow the appearance. Like you can't trans if you if you're a leather wearing class, you still can't transmog to plate. Sorry, but if you get a plate item, it's not clear whether that goes into your wardrobe. Like the appearance is copied to there because you picked it up, and yeah, then you know if you play another plate character, since it's account wide, you can go ahead and transmog that with a plate. That yeah. don't know, don't know. It would make sense, but I don't know the answer to that question, and I've. I've been trying to answer it in the queue for like a week now. And I yeah, and yeah. and I wouldn't I wouldn't really recommend deleting a whole bunch of stuff. Just you know, yeah. no, definitely don't. Um, and as far as the tabards go, tabards, I I believe most you get those back tabards, anyway, can't you? Yeah, most of the tabards you can purchase them back again from like there's isn't there a tabard vendor with like all of the guild stuff? I know this one in Dalaran. Yeah, because I use that, that one. Stuff. Yeah, I know this one in Dalaran. I think there's one in Stormwind. Like in the uh, in the guild place, like yeah, I, in the guild place, there's like a vendor there, and you can talk to him. And any tabards that you got rid of that were like quest tabards or whatever, you can you can buy them back again. You can buy them back again right now if you want to. Um, I deleted most of my tabards specifically for that reason because I can just go buy it back again. The only tabard I keep in my my inventory is the one that teleports me to the Argent tournament. Yeah, that one's yes. like that one. That one you have to have. <laughs> I keep that one because it makes farming much easier. Alex, do you remember? Is there anything I'm forgetting? I don't think so. I mean, like I said, it's don't throw, just don't throw anything away now. Even if you think you're safe, don't do it. Yeah, hang I mean, on a to lot, it until we see this. There's a lot of other details we could tell you. I mean, there's stuff like about like a new new slots are going to be like available to transmog. Um, you're going to be able to turn off your shoulders, but I mean, basically, for the, in terms of like the question of deletion I, of items. I'm so happy you could turn off your shoulders. See, I don't. I'd be more excited if you could turn off shoulders and chest. Okay. No, I then don't. You could, you could. I know you didn't want to do that, but I then I could finally do the you know wandering around with no shirt look for. Fox like, would in. be totally happy because his yes. shadow priest could wear a chest piece without wearing a chest piece. But you know. But the shoulders thing is a pretty big deal because a lot of looks you you actually don't want to have them. Well, the shoulders thing, I, that's something that people have been asking for since. Man, I don't even know how long. People no. have been asking for that. Very one. long time, you're right. Yeah. All yeah. Right. The, um, sh- the shoulders are definitely a surprise because, I mean, the last time Blizzard said anything publicly about that, they uh, were pretty adamant that the big shoulder pad thing was central to World of Warcraft aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So that they're letting you turn them off now is, uh, I mean, that's a significant change. 
I yeah. think I think it's cool though because that actually opens up a lot more looks. Because there were a lot of transmog sets or like transmog ideas that I had that didn't quite work because I could never find the right pair of shoulders to match anything. I'm going to be honest with you. I wonder how much of that was the cinematics fault. <laughs> when Varian comes up and he's got his shoulders off and it's like, you know, now you can do that with the new system. <sighs> that trailer, but, okay. though. Anyway. We should, talk, we should talk about the event. Um should we move on or? Well, no, he still, he asked two questions. So he asked about the event. So oh, we where talk. is the event? Oh, okay. Yeah. Basically, uh, we don't really know what it's going to be yet, except that we're, we're told like there's going like, okay. we're told there's going to be like Citadel, demony Citadels going everywhere, raining death and destruction on everything. Yeah. This is what I was told um, when I interviewed Dave Kosak. He said that there are going to be these flying Citadels, Flying Legion Citadels that are going to be flying. They, they've they've somehow come up with the ability to make these Citadels fly into a region and then like slam into the ground and kind of implant themselves there. And then demons will start coming pouring out of them. Um, those demons are going to be max level demons. So if you're leveling in a low level questing area, you should probably avoid that kind of thing. It would be a good idea. That said... I totally think we should try and tackle one on the leveling stream because it'd be hilarious. Anyway, uh, there, um, that's and, and sorry. This person, sorry, uh, this person said they weren't impressed with Mister Warlords. Mister Warlords had pretty pathetic ones, and even Cataclysms was not all that. What was Mists? Uh, what did Mists have? Did Mists I don't think Mists had, had one. Did it? All, all Mists had anything. Yeah. All Mists had was the uh, first scenario. Oh the yeah, there was the first scenario. scenario. That was yeah. it. Yeah, Mists yeah, yeah, Mist was kind of lame. Warlords is kind of lame. Even Cataclysm is kind of lame. Last time we had a good one, I think. I know. Was... I liked Cataclysm. Cataclysm's had the, the elemental invasion stuff was pretty good. And then the part... you had the Doomsayers where you were wearing the little placard and you had to go wandering around town. I mean, sir, I bet server population had a huge impact on uh, the one for Cataclysm because my server ha had tons of Stormwind where this event was happening. So the elementals would pop and then in 30 seconds you'd be over and you wouldn't see them again for hours. So it was like... There's basically nothing happening. It's, Maybe. I, I, whereas, see, I, I uh, actually just remembered the uh, the zones you could queue into as fondly. I liked those. I liked those where they had the elemental bosses, but I also liked the quest chain where it was like you had the people around town, like the doomsayers were around town, and they were talking about how the world was ending, and da -da -da, and you got to get the chance to go infiltrate them, and you could wear that little placard thing. that It looked like a sandwich board. Yeah. yeah and was, walk around town. That, that was, like, fun to me. Um, it was almost the comedic uh, one, though. It wasn't like there wasn't. Yeah. It didn't feel like a but genuine threat happening. That. It was comedy. I, uh, I don't think it hit the tone it wanted to. Do. In right. terms of like this one, though, and can you continue? Oh, with the with the with the Legion. The Legion. One? Okay, yeah. so so here's the deal, right? There's going to be all these demon attacks going on. They're going to be go going on all over the Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor. There are apparently strategic locations that they are going to hit. Don't know what those locations are or anything about that. In the meantime, that 40-man scenario, the one that they were talking about at the uh, when they were doing the Legion overview, they said it was going to be a 40-man scenario, and there was going to be an Alliance side and a Horde side, and they were going to kind of like mix and interweave among each other as the scenario went on, and it was like this big buildup. That's part of the pre-launch event. That's actually part of the pre-launch. That's not on the Broken Isles. That comes before. We get that. that That's content we get before Legion even comes out. And I'm really excited about that. That's um, like 
I think Alex commented on this before, but that's like a kind of big reversal from the way they sold it at Gamescom that the Horde and Alliance could, couldn't work together. Mm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Maybe that's the reason for that. If that's the case in Legion, maybe the reason for that's in that scenario. Well, what I find fascinating about this, and you know, we're going back to the cinematic again, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more in detail later. But um, who was it? I think it was Alex Afrasiabi. I think it was him that was talking about the intro cinematic, and he said that the cinematic for Legion was kind of different in that it was the first like real bridge cinematic where you know you had the Mist of Pandaria cinematic and it was slab beef chin and random orc number 264 duking it out in the forest and then Jen shows up didn't really have much to do with the story right none of those people were really like Chen was the only one who was kind of pivotal to anything that was going on in Pandaria and you still didn't run into Chen until much later in the storyline and then Cataclysm you had Deathwing busting out of the earth and, and everything was getting torn apart. But did you really see anything about the story? No, not necessarily. Rasa Lich King, you had Arthas, my son, but it didn't really have anything to do with us. Or this will be coming up in the raid later. So pay attention. <laughs> this will be coming up in, in the last raid of the expansion. So pay attention to this because this guy, you know, oogie boogie, whatever. Um, and what he said was, this is kind of the first cinematic that ties directly into the story of the expansion in terms of the characters and everything. And, and what I'm picturing here, or what I seem to be getting the impression of, just given what little we know about the opening event thing and the cinematic and what comes after, is that whatever happens in that 40-man scenario is something important that apparently leads directly into what we saw in the cinematic for Legion. And then everything that happens on the Broken Isles right after that is takes place presumably right after what we see in that cinematic. It all ties together. So I don't know what we're going to see in that 40-man scenario, but I'm kind of, I, I mentioned this on Twitter earlier today, I hope that it's something that kind of um, explains why Sylvanas and Varian are sudden, suddenly kind of buddy-buddy, or at least mildly respectful of each other, which wasn't a thing before. Yeah, I kind of also, I seem to recall this, and I don't know if I'm just conflating other statements, but didn't they say there might actually be another cinematic? Uh, like, they're, they're actually, this is going to be the first time they have two fully rendered cinematics in the game? Because I seem to I, recall that. I don't have any idea, but I was going to mention that I don't think this scenario comes, uh, I think this the scenario comes after the cinematic, not the other Does way it? around. It's the, that's what what it I've been told, well, the thing is, is what I've been told is that the scenario is part of the pre-launch event. So timeline-wise, it would make sense that the cinematic well, takes place afterwards because the the expansion itself doesn't launch until after that pre-launch event. Well, for me, like, obviously we don't have the details of this, but for me, what I'm picturing is there's this the invasion on mainland Azeroth, which we're dealing with with the citadels coming down and so forth. Then you get the cinematic where the forces of Azeroth are going to the Broken Isles, and then the airship crashes... And then Varian and Sylvanas are fighting on the Broken Isles, and then the scenario kicks off. That's how I'm seeing these things in my head. Okay. Uh, I'll freely admit, I don't know. I I think it, in terms of why Varian and Sylvanas were teaming up, I don't have a problem with it, just because it's one of those situations where, yeah, Sylvanas is bad, but oh my god, have you seen how many demons they have? Right. They have a lot of demons. Like, I just, I want to know the context, context there, though. I want to know the context 
of Sylvanas suddenly like being respectful towards Varian because there's nothing surrounding that right now. The last time we saw Sylvanas in any capacity was in the novel War Crimes, and she was throwing a fit because she couldn't make her sister dead. Yeah, I, to I live honestly, with her forever. So, well, maybe this will be the expansion where Varian gets made dead and he gets to live with her forever. I don't know. Oh no, I hate that rumor. He's gonna be so, her boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm moving on at this point. Uh, Next email is. But from... uh, just real quick, um, if the only pre-expansion events you've experienced are mists and warlords, I don't expect this will be like those. It's probably going to be more like the scourge invasion, which you haven't seen, which is a very. It was a pretty disruptive event where was... you couldn't not participate unless you like went into seclusion in the wild somewhere. Yeah, by the t- by the end of the scourge invasion, you essentially had to hide from other players. I don't think they're going to use that technique, but definitely it sounds like this is going to be so a much bigger But it's an zombies. event that touches every zone, as opposed to something that's in one little place. All right, next email is from Belak, who's a warrior on Dragonblade, I guess, or he's a Dragonblade warrior. I, I, I don't know. Uh, if you are, in fact, some kind of dragon warrior... Cool. I always wanted to be one myself. So, Dear Watchers, uh, Blizzard's never been very consistent in the past when it comes to keeping the various specs raid viable. For example, in 6.0, Gladiator was high DPS. By 6.2, however, it was near bottom of the heap. Similar thing happened with Frost DKs, Demonology Warlocks, etc. In Legion, though, we'll be putting in a lot of effort to level up our spec-specific uh, artifacts. They say that there will be catch-up mechanisms for other specs, but it doesn't sound easy, and that leads me to believe that Blizz is going to need to be fairly consistent with the individual specs this time around, which is not standard operating procedure for them. Do you think they can pull it off, uh, Belak? I don't know. You know, here's the thing. Uh, I love... Right now, my favorite spec is Fury, and I think going into the expansion, Fury is going to be my favorite spec. But that arms artifact is so freaking cool! So I'm kind of, like, right now trying to figure out how am I going to level my arms artifact and my Fury artifacts at the same time? Because I want to. Very badly. In terms of the consistency issue, I... There's always going to be a winner and there's always going to be a loser when you're just talking about raid viability and pure DPS. Uh, when you are talking about like the guilds that are the absolute cutting-edge guilds that get world firsts, realm firsts, those guilds are always going to cherry-pick based on the absolute top-performing specs they can get their hands on. For guilds that are like not that, sometimes the DPS differences aren't really that important, especially if, based on play, like you, you can be a really, really good arms warrior or a really, really good subtlety rogue, or what have you, and be better for your guild and your raid than switching specs to a theoretically better spec that you're not good at. And I, I think to a certain degree that's going to be something with the with the pruning of the of, of various uh, specs. Not pruning isn't really the right word, but they're going for like they want everything to be simpler on a base level, and then talent choice will create more complexity. Like that's what the the ideal is. They've talked about this a few times. And so I think a lot of it is going to be talent tuning rather than spec tuning. I mean, keep in mind, too, that they've taken out... PvP is now its own entire system with its own entire ability. As a result, a lot of stuff that had to be the way it was for for PvP versus PvE balance isn't a concern anymore. So how are they going to do it? I don't know. I need to see more details. I need to see some actual talents. Um, I don't know. Anne, Alex, either of you want to talk about this one? Do you think that the fact that they are doing all of this major class tinkering and everything, do you think that's going to make it easier for them to keep everything kind of on the same keel, balance-wise? Uh, 
me personally, I wow, I can't. The, my problem with that is that you know, again, a lot of this is stuff we haven't really seen yet. Like we haven't seen the talents at all. Like the the the, the rogue preview is tomorrow morning, I think. Yeah. I think the, I think the rogue preview is going to be the one to watch in terms of that kind of thing because let's face it, at least in terms of melee DPS, rogues are the benchmark. Rogues are the class that you know p- people measure themselves based on how well they compete with. Rogues. That is just. Oh well, yeah, because like, that's uh, pretty much all we do is melee not, DPS. That's it. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the wrong thing at all. I'm saying, you know, basically, since Rogue's on the benchmark, what we need to do is get a look at them. How are they going to approach? How are their three specs? Because that's the thing, too, is Blizzard really wants specs to be different this time around. I'm how a little gonna... nervous about the Rogue preview. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, well, I'll tell you right now. Um, I hope they don't do the thing that they've been doing with some other classes where you find out, oh, this talent or this spec defining ability is gone in some other class's preview. No, they just gave yeah. Demon Hunters the wing-popping thing that we got from those legendary daggers that we worked really hard for in Cataclysm. Yeah. Demon Hunters, uh, kind of crap. I mean, not they don't play crap. They stole a bunch of stuff from Warlocks and Rogues <laughs> and made it better. But they're really Come cool. On. They're really fun to play. <laughs> they are cool, but it's straight up, they stole mechanics from other classes, and other, those other classes don't get to have them anymore. See, the thing about that, the, the thing about Demon Hunters, like, Death Knights did that too. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, we've been we've long enough in this game. The demon hunters real blatant about it. Oh they're yeah. They're not they're not even trying to hide it. It's like yeah, everything everything you love, we have. We are the best club. I'm just warlocks. Kinda... You enjoyed metamorphosis. Too bad you can't have it anymore. These guys get it and better. I'm just kind of nervous because like they introduced monks and it was like oh another leather wearing agility class. Great. And then they introduced now they've got demon hunters, which is another. Leather wearing agility. Leather wearing agility class. Only this one can tank. And with monks, it was like, here's another leather wearing agility class, and this one can tank or heal. And See, meanwhile, rogues are just sitting there. We're like twiddling our thumbs, going, okay, well, when you want to make us interesting, I guess give us a call. Until then, we'll just be in the back line stabbing things. See, I like, like we I, do. I know that whole thing how rogues take reduced falling damage. Yeah. Demon Hunters will never take falling damage ever in their entire lives, ever, ever, ever. Dude, automatically, the entire yeah. Pandaren race has, like, bouncy as a tree where they don't take them. So it's like, okay, well, all right then. <laughs> Demon Hunters just straight up glide. They don't need, they don't need gliders. They're gonna, they don't need well, they're going to cheese that achieve so bad. They will the, float forever and never take a single point of falling down. It's pretty but, cool, though. I mean, playing one was pretty fun because they're just like, zoom, 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 oh, yeah. all over the place. I got to say this, though. I was looking at the Rogue Weapon previews, and they the the um, I think it's the Outlaw spec, which is former combat. The Outlaw spec has these awesome cutlass things. I love them. Uh, I I look at them, and they're like, they're so pretty, and they're so distinctive looking. The Dreadblades? Like, yeah, they, they're pretty and cool. They, and they turn into rapiers at some yeah. point? Yeah. It's going, one of the alternate appearances that you can choose. Like, you have this to is... check those out, because Outlaw Rogue is calling to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, just... I think I may have to switch to Outlaw, because I'm sorry the assassination weapons really bother me. Well, I'm the fact that no Rogue got fist weapons was to my mind, but... I'm distracting from the, the question, really. In terms of if, they, if they're going to balance specs, there's always going to be a spec on top. There's always going to be a spec on the bottom. It's just going to happen. Sometimes the differences aren't even that big. Like, they're like, I think in, in uh, right now, in, in Hellfire Citadel, top DPS specs are, like, close. Like, there's yeah, a lot of DPS they're, specs. Yeah, they're fairly evenly matched right now. 
a lot of them are you know like fury warriors um i think both like two two out of three flavors of rogues rep pallies frost dks they're all kind of up there in terms of melee uh, dps specs so it's it's sometimes it's just a matter of can you get them close and you know am i if i'm within a few hundred dps of that guy then it's good enough and in terms of keeping the specs consistent i i have hopes to use i i use warriors as an example because it's, it's the specs i know best i have hopes that arms and fury will be relatively well balanced against each other uh fury sounds cooler right now like it's got it's got neat stuff going on whereas arms just is like hey remember cataclysm we didn't that we're doing that again really we're just doing yeah we're just doing cataclysm again and then there'll be talents but we're not gonna tell you what those are yet but the rogue preview i think will really give you a sense of okay this is going to be baseline this is going to be what like the the first melee class you know because whether or not you like rogues or hate them uh that's a fact rogues are the melee class that is all they do yep they don't do anything else nothing special so so, just stab things a lot what they do with rogues to differentiate the specs will give you an idea of like how the balance is going to work. It feels like the tuning is going to be based around like they're trying to bring mastery back up for every class as well. Yeah. And use mastery again. The original idea behind mastery was it would serve as a tuning, like a tuning, not a tuning fork, a tuning knob. Uh, you know, you could dial mastery up or down when classes performing as well as you might want. So I feel like they're trying to get back to that. And unfortunately, there's some some cool cool sub abilities and sub specs in the game are are losing out because of this. Like mm-hmm. uh, fist weaving, I th- I feel like fist weaving is really a penalty. It's 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 leaving the game because Blizzard couldn't get it to work. Like I'm just gonna say it, they couldn't get fist weaving to work the way they wanted it to. Which is kind the- of a pity because it was pretty cool. Like like yeah. the concept behind it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, and Gladiator Stance. Uh, if you if you're listening, Gladiator Stance is the same thing. They're taking Gladiator Stance out, and I really feel like in this case it's because what you mentioned. You how Gladiator was high DPS and then it went low. The mechanics of Gladiator Stance were based around tanking mechanics because it's a tank spec, and then we just have to make it work for DPS. And the problem with that is that tanking stuff doesn't scale the way DPS stuff does. Yeah. And, they had to play. They had to pull a lot of like fast and loose conversions to try and get it to work, and it was fun. It's you know just, just, just for something. just for soloing. I'm gonna be sad about Gladiator Stance going away because yeah. I love that feel of the offensive shield where I'm beating the crap out of people with my shield because it's a giant piece of metal and you can do that. Yeah, and having that going away does make me sad, but I never rated with it, so I don't know. Yeah, and, and in terms of like stuff like that, we're seeing. I think what we're seeing is to a certain degree is they're trying to change it so that talents provide you your individual. Yeah, uh, and uh, we'll see how it works. That's going to be what they're trying to use to balance it in terms of like keeping keeping stuff consistent, for lack of a better word. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to be in a case where specs don't vary, where there's not fluctuation, where in one tier one spec is on top, and in the next tier other specs come up. That's just going. That's the game. That's always going to be the game. There's never going to be a time where, like, to use rogues as an example, if for some reason combat is on top of most of the fights in one tier, just because fights change and you get different kinds of fights, other specs come up. Like suddenly, you know, assassination is now on top because the fight suits that particular style. And like, that's when being able to change your spec kind of comes in handy. Yeah, and that's where the the artifact the artifact will make that complicated. There's yeah. no ways around it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But keep in mind there are classes like you know paladins where their DPS spec is just the DPS spec, and either it's good or it's not. Like if if paladins get into a fight that's not good for red paladins, they're not like they can go holy for it. Nope. You know it's it's sort of 
It's oh, just sort of the, the take. If your rating is a paladin, they make you do it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if, like, <laughs> if it's a DPS fight, but it's not a good DPS fight for a rep paladin, they're not going to make you go holy unless they need a healer. They're not. Gonna I mean, how it how it worked when I was writing was uh, if a fight didn't need a ret, I had to pull out my holy set, and one of the other healers who had a DPS set would go to their DPS spec. That's yeah, how I, it happened. I don't think it will work that way this time because that healer might not have an artifact. Yeah, the I'm artifact gonna... is kind of like the. Hmm. I wonder how really that's going to work in the middle of all of this. I'd be really surprised if you can't have multiple artifacts. You so. can have them, but you're not going to be able to level them. That's the thing. They they've basically pointed out that you know there's work to be done to make your power your weapon better. You have to get the artifact power to put into it. You're not going to have two weapons with all the same artifact power. I I, I expect that will be a problem that they're going to have to address. Yeah, and I think I think tomorrow's rogue preview is going to do a lot to determine what I'm going to go into Legion as on my rogue. I mean, yeah. if these artifacts are really such a big deal and you can't easily level multiple ones, what they're basically saying is you can't respec this expansion. And it's weird when they just came out with tri-spec or quad right. spec in the case of... And they're they're going to have to find a way that you can do all of them simultaneously I just, without I, I, I investing wanna... three times as many hours. Right. I want to know what that catch-up mechanic is going to be. We don't know anything about it yet, so... I just, I'm just i just amused that I said quad spec for rogues. <laughs> like, poor rogues. <laughs> I'm assassination, combat assassination. <laughs> Our fourth spec is the one where we're just, like, stuffed uh, in the back, pickpocketing. Uh, it's uh, the uh, pickpocket uh, spec. <laughs> rogue, rogue fourth spec is just a rogue going... Uh, yeah. Yeah, but all right. Um, next one. My fourth is from... spec is to log out and log in on my demon hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad because it's probably. <laughs> oh. Hey, watchers! I was reading the lore behind Legion's artifact weapons, and this excerpt from the Shadow Priest dagger had me. In. This terrifying dagger was made from the claw of an old god eons ago, and dark priests used it for ritual sacrifice during the height of the Black Empire. It sounds like this Black Empire was a civilization of old god worshippers before the Titans returned and imprisoned the OGs. I, I like that abbreviation for them. Uh, if th- if that's the case, though, who's around back then for them to rule? Trolls, Pandaren, Akir, and any other races not created by the Titans? Thanks, AJ. Uh, it was probably basically the the proto-insect race that they keep talking about as ancestral to the Akir. Yeah. Um, in terms what about of those Empire, tentacle faces? Yeah, it's those guys too. It's basically the nameless ones, the faceless ones, uh, the, the proto-insectoid types you hear about, various enslaved elementals, and who knows? I mean, keep in mind, this is way back in time. This is like, this is more than like, I don't even know. This is, this This goes back to like before the the foundation of of if we don't even know when the titans showed up the second time this is time. like pre this is like pre aspects yes this is pre creations of the aspects this is back when like proto dragons were the only dragons you really had on the planet and nothing was ordered yet and i have a feeling that the black empire and and that kind of information that's all stuff we're going to see in chronicle yeah most likely so I mean, we we've like had bits and hints of it that Raden like the the fist of Raden which is yeah talks about how Raden was given power to like help you know subdue the Black Empire. It seems like the Black Empire was mainly in what's now Pandaria. Yeah. Based on the the fact that it was Raden and the Mogu who settled their hash. So Yashraj um, probably. Yeah, there's like but 
in terms of like what was actually there, stuff that we don't really want to deal with, you know, it's basically old Gotti type stuff. But there's like really like there's those weapons, man. There's tons of lore for all sorts of stuff in them. May that, I say I find the old god shadow priest thing strange. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's I did really a weird. I did a Q answer basically mentioning all the times that the old gods and the void are related to each other. And it, it, it has been been more and more in the game over the past few years, but they've always made it pretty clear that the void was not the old gods alone. Like it's not it's like the old gods can use it, but not that well, it's, it, it's it was weird to me because I think in like in vanilla and Burning Crusade and all that Shadow Priest started out as kind of like psionics. They had mindy stuff, but not insanity. It was just thoughts and so forth. Even in, like they took that into Hearthstone of all places, where the abilities they have are like thought steal and mind control. And it's very psionic, but now they went full old god, and that's just weird. I don't I, hate it. I think it's a. I just think, it's one of those things where I think honestly, I really blame Shogal. Quite frankly. I blame Chogall and the uh, Negron storyline. Yes, let's blame Chogall. That sounds like a good idea. Well, well you know, hey, why not? Quite frankly, the guy, if, if he's not involved, he probably would have done the work. Yeah, just but, because he wants to watch the world burn. But seriously, that whole bit where he's talking about his master coming through the void and stuff like that, uh, which, again, I didn't actually get to see it because I didn't do Mythic Chogall, but I watched the video. There's certain elements of that fight where Chogall is pretty hardcore fronting for the old gods and the, their involvement in the, the not old god stuff. In the, Ooh, the hold on. Hold up. Okay. Keep talking. You're fine. I'm tired. All right. I just, in general, too, I mean, there's... The the problem with, like, a lot of this stuff is just how far back it like, seriously. I was thinking about this in terms of the warrior artifact. The warrior artifact is only 2,800 years old. And think about what I just said. Only... 2,800 years old. If I go back from... So slightly I'm older than Velen? Yeah. No, no, no 2,800. He's 25,000. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. Sorry. But in terms of that weapon, it, like 2,800 years, if I went back right now, 2,800 years, I would be in like BC 7, you know, 794. So, you know, not recent at all. But Azerothian history goes back so far. That you, you start hearing, like, you start talking about, like, oh, that was just during the Troll... That was, like, after the Troll Wars. That was only 2,800 years ago. That's, like, the entirety of, quote-unquote, Western civilization. China was just unifying itself after the Warring States period 2,800 years ago. That's a long time. The stuff that w went on in Fall took place longer than, you know, the entirety of Western civilization. But, yeah, okay, not that long. That's the problem with talking about any of this stuff. The Black Empire would have been so far back that... We really can't say what was there. There might have been a whole host of things that were there that are dead now, and we've never heard of them because everybody who heard of them is dead now. And everybody who wrote about them, their civilizations rose and fell in that time because we blew up the whole freaking planet at one point. So a whole lot of stuff is probably at the bottom of the ocean. Um, and I've, I've talked about as much as I can. <laughs> no, you're fine. I just yeah. had like a moment where I came up with the best okay. tinfoil hat and I oh. had to write it down because if I lose it, I will. Yeah. Okay. I was so, on Wikipedia looking at what happened on earth in 700. So, uh... <laughs> Quite a bit did. We've, we've had a lot of history, but it's just, you know, compared to like the actual, like Azeroth stuff. And when they talking about the black empire, keep in mind, you're talking like maybe 20,000 years ago. Like, you know, we don't even know how far back it was. It's just, yee. The amount of time that passes in the Warcraft thing sometimes is 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 crazy. Like 
the the war of the uh, the war against the Satter was nine thousand years ago. It was yeah. It was just after the end of the War of the Ancients. It was like a so, thousand years after the end of the War of the Ancients. So, so nine thousand. Yeah. So keep in mind that that's just in this. Ju- it was just after that. So it's, yeah, a thousand years later. A thousand years is not just, but it is in the Warcraft setting. To the night that's, elves, it is because they, yeah. you know. Like, oh, I was napping. That was such the a great human, nap. The span of human life is like blinking to an immortal knife, that night elf, and it's probably less than that to a Draenei. Like, oh, a thousand years. Tell me more about how long it's been. <laughs> you know, but again, the Tears Fall, the, the stuff under Tears Fall took place, like, between, like, that's the other thing. We don't even know, like, there's stuff about Tear and mm-hmm. Tears Fall, which I'm not going to talk about in the show, though I've, I've written about it already, and I'm sure Anne's going to, and I'm going to. But. That stuff, we don't even know when that happened. We don't know when he got there, who was there, or did he bring them? Like, there's so much. And I'm assuming it was pre... No, it had to be... Okay, so it was after the aspects were formed, because that's... Yeah, because Tyr did that. Well, he did that, and that's also how he lost his hand to begin with. Um, And that's all in Dawn of the Aspects. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it if you want to know about how the aspects came to be, because it's fascinating. Um, so I'm assuming it's after that, but pre-sundering. Yeah, and it's like, well, what, like was it pre-sundering? Or I think was it, it was. And, and if it was, does that mean like then, then like eight thousand years passed, and then uh, Thoradin went down in there? I would assume that it was. I I, I would assume that it was pre-sundering only and, because it said that Loken sent people after him, and in order to do that without them having to cross the sea, the continent would have had to have been one. Except we also have the Vrykul champion who held held Loken's forces off. Mm -hmm. He migrated to the Broken Isles. And it says the Broken Isles. Okay, then I don't know. Timeline-wise, that's wonky and will have to be looked at. Again, I think that all of this, particularly the stuff with Tyr and with the Black Empire and all of that, that's stuff that's probably going to be addressed in Chronicle. This is all stuff that's probably directly going to be addressed in Chronicle, and that's why the book got pushed. It was supposed to be released last month, I think, was the initial release date. was like October or November of this year, and it got pushed to March, if I remember right. I think you're right about the march yeah that's, yeah because they had talked about it like in conjunction with um other stuff that they were doing like there was the but uh, we've been we've been going on about this for like far too long so we i was gonna say are we still on, talking about please. this black empire question yes there, we should probably we should probably move on to save alex's sanity well the problem is the next question is also about lore and artifacts so um this isn't so bad God, this is one's from Alessandra who writes us a lot. So hi, Alessandra. Guys, I love that there will be so much more small story in Legion. Not just the zone stories, but stories for each artifact, weapon, spec, and profession. Illyria's bow is part of the blank, uh, the Marksman Hunter story, and presumably Illyria herself. Are we now going to have to play every single class and spec and profession in order to see all of the lore in Legion? I'm not sure I like this. So um, what do you guys think? I like it. Okay, yeah. let, let Alex talk because he almost never does. It just it. gives you more to do. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had that thought where I was like, if I have to find out what happened to Alaria, I have to play a hunter? What the heck? But uh, thinking about it more, I kind of like it. It'll just give you more to do. And I guess if you're one of those people who only ever wants to play one character, that won't be good. I mean, I guess if you only want to play one character, you have to read about the rest of it. But I'll when I'm like at the end game of an expansion and run out of stuff to do, I start playing alts, but ultimately I'm playing the same stuff. If there's actual new content for every playthrough and gives you some replayability for that kind of content, I'm all for it. That's cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I mostly play Warriors, but I can easily level three Warriors and get three different stories right there. And then after that, you know what? Maybe I will play my Hunter. Maybe I'll play my Death Knight. Maybe I'll play my Shaman and get to see more of the game. And it's like, People have been complaining forever about nothing new to do. That's the thing about so much new stuff to do right here. Yeah, and it's not just like the the new end game system with the choosable quests and the stuff popping up randomly. I mean, let's be honest, it's Diablo. <laughs> it's it is Diablo 3's bounty system, and you know what? Good. It's a WoW's version of the bounty system, and I like that. It's got it's not identical, but it's got like a lot of the same stuff, and that's good. It's good that that stuff is there. It's good that you can ha- like go out and choose between a variety of things to do, and you don't have to do all of it. Because let's face it, the bounty system in Diablo 3 is really good. Yeah. It's really good, guys. <laughs> so, I, so seeing a WoW equivalent of that, that makes me happy, because I really like that. <laughs> and Tom Shelton was talking to about another aspect of it and some of the repeatable quest stuff, and he, he said something in jest that I actually think is pretty impressive. He's like, hey, see, we didn't steal that from Diablo. We stole that from Hearthstone. <laughs> yes. You know what? Good. Good. If you if something works in another game and it can be imported to WoW and it's a Blizzard idea anyway, yeah, they should Why steal. Not? Right. Why not? Absolutely they should steal. They've been MMOs have been stealing from each other since, you know, Age of, of Ultima. You know, not Age of Ultima, Ultima uh meant Age of Empires, <laughs> but you know Ultima Online. I mean, you know, it's just that's been what MMOs do. I I liked Kotor a lot. I really did. I liked playing it. I thought it was cool in a lot of ways, but it was it was so burning crusadey that I couldn't handle it. Like I was and having flashbacks to to Shadrath playing here, that game. Here's here's how I feel about the situation, right? About the the stories for each artifact weapon and all of that. People have been begging for class specific quests yep. since they took them out of the game. And some of my fondest memories from from Vanilla WoW in particular was doing the benediction storyline on on my priest and getting to experience that little bit of, of priest story that nobody else got because it was a priest thing and the priests were cool, right? Or doing the warlock quest chain where you went and you got your horse and you had to go do the whole thing with the bell and the candle and all. And it was like this warlock specific little quest. And people have been asking for that for the return of that and what they're doing is they're basically kind of designing one of the key themes of the expansion around that very thing so the the lore that you're getting from these artifact quests it doesn't necessarily tie into the main storyline of the legion expansion it's like yeah. side bits of lore and will you find out stuff about alaria with with the hunter bow yeah sure you'll find out stuff about alaria will it be alaria's full story no because Turalyon obviously isn't mentioned there, and we did hear that we were going to get Alaria and Turalyon in some capacity. We don't know how yet, but it's not through... Th- this quest line is just a separate thing where you find out more about Alaria. So I like this. I like the fact that they're doing this. I love the idea of class halls. I like the idea of having a place where I can go hang out with other people who play the same class I do. I think that's really neat. And am Plus I going to do this full story for what is it like thirty six artifacts or something? <laughs> no, 
Uh, I'm going to do probably do a bunch of them, the ones I, I'm interested in. And the rest of them, uh, I'll probably read a Know Your Lore on them or something. Because yeah. I don't need to do all of them, just the ones I'm really interested in. And I tell you what, when like you were saying, Alex, when we run to the end of the expansion and we're like, oh, there's nothing to do. Well, there's going to be like a lot of things to do. Because yeah. you could go level, you can go level an alt of a different class and check out what their artifact chain is like. That's, I back in vanilla, I, I you know I leveled that warlock specifically so that I could go do that quest chain. I didn't really uh, want to play a warlock full time or anything. I wanted to go see what the quests were for the warlocks. If you think of it, this you know way, what I can't do it in game anymore. What? Make ridiculous amounts of gold off of selling glyphs. <laughs> Damn you, Blizzard! I don't know, but seriously, like, if you think of it this way, too, remember when they put green fire in? Yeah. yeah. They just put in 36 green fires. Yeah. So. And it, they're it, all it, distinct, and that's yeah. cool. <laughs> and you can, it's, it's, yes, you can't see all of the lore on one character in one playthrough, but think of it back to, Ian was talking about the, the, the death, the, 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 the warlock quest and the priest quest she didn't mention the paladin quest but it's the same thing. oh the paladin quest was cool i did that one too the only one i didn't get to do was the hunter quest because i didn't get the bow drop in time before it yeah. was gone but all that stuff existed and not every class had it back then but when that stuff exists in order to see it yeah you would have had to level a character of each some of us didn't bother but it makes the world bigger yeah if there's stuff out there that you can't do on x class yeah, that's content you can't see on that character, but it's also it broadens out the world. That's something people have been complaining about like since the end of Wrath, is that the world feels smaller. And you know what? The world feels smaller because you can do everything on one guy. That's the problem. That's that takes away the expansiveness of the of the setting. No, you can't run all you can't do all these artifacts on one character. You absolutely can't. It's not possible. For but one that's thing, okay. Yeah, exactly, because it makes it <laughs> it makes it not just because it doesn't just give you more stuff to do when you get bored later in the expansion. It does, but it doesn't just do that. What it does is give you a sense that there's stuff out there. We don't we don't just get class quests this expansion. We get like a whole class experience, and yeah. I think that's really cool. I think that's really cool. That's what I'm. That's one of those things that I'm really excited about. I think at this point we're done with emails. Um, and that gives us about five minutes or so to talk about anything else we want to talk about. I think I think some people uh, they've asked if we're going to talk more about BlizzCon, but I mean, what's there to say about BlizzCon now that it's over? Well, we did the whole overview thing when we were talking about BlizzCon on like what day one and a day one on BlizzCon. Yeah. But I mean, there's so much information out there right now. Yeah, uh, in ter- I think in terms of like what ter- the top stories are, obviously BlizzCon aftershocks, but but we're talking about that throughout um the class previews are real big news right now but by tomorrow by we're doing this show wednesday night um by well, this tomorrow- is all world of warcraft stuff too i feel like we yeah. should touch on the non-world of warcraft stuff because we haven't talked about yeah. that well my god Choke um, all in heroes of the storm is ridiculous <laughs> in overwatch an amazing is, way overwatch is available it, overwatch yeah are you, alex have you actually you played choco i didn't get to play choco i didn't have time but dan o'halloran yeah, played choco okay I just, if you, you know, I would, I would like to talk about more of the stuff. I just want, like, which, what, what stuff have you guys actually done? You were there. I didn't get to be there. I was busy writing breakouts and doing everybody's cues. So, not that I'm bitter or jealous. Here, here's the, the thing about being at BlizzCon: the people who are at home probably get to see more total BlizzCon content than the people who are at BlizzCon. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was there. I was in Anaheim, and uh, I felt like I didn't know anything. 
And everybody in work chat was talking about all this stuff. And I was like, you saw all of these panels? I didn't get to see all these panels. <laughs> Even um, like the, the Legion uh, Q&A stuff, I had to watch that after I got home. Yep. I was busy. Yeah. So my point I still haven't rough. caught up with it yet. <laughs> I'm just saying, is there something like involving any of the stuff that you actually like played? I, you know, now's the time to talk about it. I have a thing that I think Anne has already disagreed with me on it. Like when we had a conversation in real life, uh, I played the Demon Hunter stuff, and the Burning Legion didn't feel like the Burning Legion to me, which is a weird thing to say, but it almost felt like we were fighting the Scourge again. Because I'm weird, like I said, I've said it again and again, I'm weird about how things feel. I didn't feel like it was the Burning Legion. Okay. Uh, the Burning Legion always seems like super highly militarized with strike soldiers and, and all this stuff. And the Demon Hunter starting area, there wasn't much of that. There were like plagues and wells of souls and inquisitors and flowing tattered robes. And it felt very much like I was dealing with the Scourge in the Cult of the Damned. To me... It felt like particularly um, the leveling experience there was interesting because when you walk in, you get a little pop-up talking head box and you hear like Illidan's voice telling you stuff. And and that little talking head box pops up along the course of the zone and you hear other characters talking like they're saying things, which I think is really neat. But um, it reminded me a lot of the Dreadlords. In, in Warcraft Three, the ones that were like watching Sylvanas or well, the ones having their out. little yeah, they're having their little party when they're the having other. their little when they're having their little chit chats. It reminded me right. of that. It totally reminded me of that. Could be what they were going yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, I guess the difference is usually when we see the Legion, they're invading, so of course they have the shock troops and so forth marching out. Yeah, but you and were on Mar- their planet invading them. Yeah, and Mardum, that's just their place, so they don't have that highly militarized terrifying overwhelming force which i guess is the difference so i'll have to see zones other than mardum i'll have to see the stuff on azeroth i just didn't get that vibe that i usually get from which isn't necessarily bad it was just different like how alex was telling me we should was it out no it was in you weren't saying we should talk more about other things than than wow and then we just talked about alex just jumps in i brought up chogall and you're like whatever let's talk about overwatch let's not talk about overwatch well, why, I don't wanted, you, why don't you want to talk about Overwatch? I wanted to talk about Overwatch. Actually, there were like three new heroes introduced. Overwatch. There was there was May, and there was Diva, and then there was Genji, and all three of them look absolutely amazing. Um, they are available in Overwatch right now, apparently. So I'm looking forward to jumping in and playing all three just to see what they're like. And then, did you watch you you covered the Overwatch lore panel, didn't you, Alex, or did you watch it? I watched it, yes. Okay, so the animated shorts that they're coming out with? Oh, mm-hmm. God. I'm living for that. <laughs> did, you, did you see the little baby Winston? Yes, Winston is oh. the best ever, and I will take him oh, in any form God. I can get. And we need, like, there needs to be Winston action figures in the play. I, I just love him. See, Winston, Winston is the one I'm most reminded of in terms of myself. Like, he looks the most like me. I love him. So, but little baby Winston, when he's just clutching the jar of peanut butter, and he's the like... Peanut butter? Yeah. Okay. That was just, yeah. I, mean, I'm, I'm uh, like, I, I do want uh, one thing I want to talk about really fast before we, we go because we're pretty much running out of time. But we also found out just before BlizzCon last, I think it was either just during or just before BlizzCon last week, that Activision Blizzard is starting its own studio. Yes. And uh, we haven't heard much about it 
like they they mentioned a few things. I I honestly, quite frankly, I'm blanking on what they're going to be doing. The Skylander show. I think a Skylander show was mentioned. Yeah, they were talking oh. about doing a Skylander show, and if that kind of rolls into them eventually doing some sort of series of like regular series of Overwatch shorts, I would be super happy. Honestly, uh, I gotta tell you, man, that this if. People, I'm going to just say it, and even though I don't agree with it, I'll say it. A lot of people were, like, more excited at the convention by the the, the World of Warcraft trailer than they were the, the Warcraft movie trailer. Okay. And I think that's because people don't understand that Warcraft movie trailer is not just for fans. It's for everybody. Yeah, it's a, it's a broader thing. It's trying to get people who've never played WoW or maybe never even heard of it. And there are people out there who haven't heard of it. Uh, trying to get them to understand and get into this movie. So I'm totally not. I'm not one of those people, but I understand why you could be. Because man, the the Legion trailer just it keeps hitting notes that you're like they, they, that have been oh, like that Legion uh, trailer. Man, they almost had years, me. Eleven years just you know t- taking off. I thought he was dead. I I was sitting there watching it, and I thought we were watching the death of Varian Rin. And I mentioned this the last podcast. And when he came out of that water, I'm like, bam, there's the king we need. All right. Yeah, that made me so, really happy. I The Warcraft movie trailer, I need to do an analysis of that. I need to actually do sit down and do an analysis of that and, and write it up. Because there's a lot of like little tidbits in there. Yeah. That are, are deliberately, you could see the places where they've started to kind of incorporate little things for the fans here and there. Like, you could see there was a Harvest Reaper in, in one of the frames that was like, oh, it's a Harvest Reaper. Or you could see, like, the Orc Towers and it looked exactly like the ones in Outland. It was like, oh, that's that one with that terrible set of quests that we got when we were doing the leveling stream. You know, that kind of thing. Um and yeah, I think I think the thing to remember with the Warcraft movie trailer in particular, this is the first trailer and this trailer was made to do like a broad general audience appeal. It wasn't necessarily made just for the people at BlizzCon who already know everything there is to know about this franchise and then spend some probably. Um, it was also made for the people who were watching at home or watching, you know, when it showed on TV during a football game or whatever it was. Um it, it was made to have a kind of a broad appeal and yeah. whether or not we'll see future trailers kind of play into the whole, this is for the Warcraft fans thing or not. Don't know. It depends almost, on how the studio wants to market it. It almost feels like that would be a bad idea just because you don't need to market it to them. No, you don't. You, you absolutely do not need to market it to Warcraft fans. Cause we see Warcraft movie and we go, we've been waiting for this for so long take my money whereas the people who have never seen warcraft or anything they want to you know they want to appeal to that audience and go look this could be cool to you guys too so remember that thing a few minutes ago where you said we were talking about not warcraft i know we're talking about warcraft (laughs) now you're talking about warcraft (laughs) technically we're talking about the film no we're not talking about the game at any rate um at this real quick uh, I, I, Alex I'm, curious if, I'm curious if Anne has got the same vibe, or if you got the same vibes. I'm going to get in there real quick. Okay. I kind of got the vibe that Blizzard has a bigger, has a more planned outlook and is more interested in doing things like the animated shorts and graphic novels and comics for Overwatch than actually making the game. I don't know if yeah. I got the vibe that they're more interested in doing that, but I definitely got the sense that they're more interested in trying to do the lore through those means than trying to shoehorn it into the gameplay. Yeah, because this is not a game that really has a lot of questing. It's not it, a game almost, that lends itself to lore. 
I just noticed that the, the developers on stage for the Overwatch game, like when we're talking about the game, they're like, yeah, we don't really know what we're doing next. Uh, who knows? We have no idea. And then you get the story guys on there. They're like, yeah, we're going to do animated shorts. We do graphic novels. We do comics. We've got this plan. This is releasing spring and this is releasing summer. We're going to keep doing this stuff. It's going to be great. And the game guys just like, I don't know. Whatever. Well, I think the game guy, the impression that I got is that right now they aren't they aren't really focused on releasing anything new for Overwatch. They're focused the with game out. they're focused with streamlining the game and making sure everything's perfect so that they can go ahead and go forward with that spring release as planned. Um, and I suspect that after the game is actually released and in people's hands, that's when they'll start looking at the possibility of maybe adding new stuff if it's necessary. It was just particularly funny to me that they're like, uh, yeah, we'll see what people want. We don't really know what we're going to add, but we want to add stuff. Yeah. And the story guys had this whole like complex plan of a release schedule for the next year or two. Yeah, but I think that part of that really is the fact that Overwatch... As a game, the way it, the way that you can get lower view of the game is purely through stuff like in the background, yeah. the posters, video game cabinets. There's not like there's no easy way to like during the middle of this intense firefight, click on a book and have Deckard Kane go, "Hello, the Overwatch organization was founded during the Omni Crisis." You know, well, let's, <laughs> let's as much fun as I would like him to do that. But, I mean, let's consider that obviously even they Call of Duty games, even every Call of Duty release, these annual releases have a single-player campaign, and Overwatch doesn't. And Overwatch yeah. seems like it needs it more than Call of Duty does. I, yeah. No, I want them to make a map that's exclusively, like, in a museum. Like, in, in a museum. You know the museum that was in yeah. the Overwatch trailer? Okay, so they need to make a map that is that museum, and as you're fighting your way through it, all the exhibits are talking at you. But they're all Deckard Kane. <laughs> but they're all Deckard Kane. <laughs> I did like I, I did like the and we really do need to cut the show at this because you guys need to go to sleep. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I'm gonna go. Oh, play I'm not going to sleep. I'm gonna play Fallout. <laughs> Let me mention this. Uh, there is a point where they were asking uh, Chris Metzen questions about you know okay this is the future and obviously someone's a pro StarCraft player. What happened to Blizzard? And he's like, well, we're not calling it this. I just want to make it clear for the lawyers out there. We're not calling it this, but we've faded about Blizzard World. Oh, and no. that's the map I want to see. Yeah, that would you, be great. You end up on the Diablo ride. That would be great. <laughs> you know, this well, like, the you know, Hollywood. I am the Lord of Terror. The Hollywood map already has a lot of Blizzard rides. There's yeah. like, There's like a Lion Pride's inset, isn't there? It's, it's like Goldshire Studios or something. Goldshire Studios, yeah. So, yeah, that that's kind of stunning. All right. At this point, since we are about to wrap up the show, this is where I always turn to Anne and say, Anne. Yeah. Know? So Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our pod- podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you. Uh, as always, you know, send any emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and we'd love to get them and answer them as best we can. And that's been the show for this week. Thank you very much for coming out and listening to us, uh, especially, you know, a couple days late, you know, blizzard, blizzard, blizzard con, blizzcon. BlizzCon. Yeah, it kind of happened and we've all been scrambling, you know, we've been blizzconed. It's a good, it's a good kind of problem to have, but, but thank <laughs> you very much and, uh, have a good night, everybody.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.